When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're rolling into the third hour on a Wednesday. It's Chad and Zay. Zay always picks a nice beat for us to start the third hour. What do we got, Zay? Easy E. Easy does it. Nice. This will be off the... Is this a solo album after N.W.A. and the relationship's all broken down? Oh, man. I don't think so. Or is this still when everybody's talking? This is when everybody's talking. Okay. I forgot which album came first. I don't know. Because okay. Easy and the group dropped their albums in the same year, I think, 88. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, be straight out of Compton or the album after that? See, that's the thing. Straight out of Compton, that's the first that album. That would have been NWA. first. Yeah, yeah. But Easy dropped the album, I think, Easy Does It, right, the same year. Okay. I don't know which one came first. Gotcha. Speaking of, we were, earlier we were talking about unique voices. A really unique voice in rap. I've never heard another rapper that yeah. sounds exactly like Eazy-E to oh, me. he couldn't even rap. Yeah. Like, Dre was like, yo, your voice is too unique for us not to put you on the mic, dog. Right. We're going to help like, you. We'll, we'll have Cube write your lyrics, <laughs> yeah, which that right. was a huge issue uh-huh. to their demise. But, yeah, Cube's going to write your lyrics, just say them in your voice, and we're going to make this money. So unique, yeah. All right, so an easy e beat to get us started here. Uh, we'll get into this third hour with some really good football discussion. We'll mix in basketball, too. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. We do it every Wednesday about this time, and he is Chip Brown of Horns247.com. Check out the flagship podcast. Check out the Morning Brew article as well. Chip, how are you? What's going on, fellas? What up, Chip? is up? A lot of different things to get into. We will get your thoughts on the Super Bowl, but uh, how about we start with this Longhorn football team? Everybody always likes to talk Longhorn football, and as uh, I know you've said plenty of times, and I always say it, football never dies around here, even if they're even if they're not playing. Uh, let's do let's go Savion Red first here. Savion Red to the running back room. What do you make of this move, and and how would you break it down for fans? Yeah, I mean, I think this is uh, an interesting move. Uh, Savion Red played quarterback, running back, receiver at Grand Prairie. So, uh, and he's thick. You know, if you look at his build, he's, you know, they list him at 5'10, which means he's probably 5'9. But he's two, you know, he's 209 and he's thick. And he's, he's a football player, man. Um, you know, there was an instance in the Oklahoma State game where uh, Brendan Marion tried tried to substitute him in and Steve Sarkeesian wasn't, you know, he, he didn't want that personnel grouping and Red came off the field and, you know, he was upset. And he he wants to play. He, he wants to get on the field. And 
there's opportunity right now at running back because you've got Jonathan Brooks recovering from hernia surgery. Um, you've got, you know, Keelan Robinson, Jaden Blue, and Cedric Baxter Jr. on campus right now. But we all know in spring football, you're running two fields. You need running backs with the first team, the second team. You need two running backs each. Um, and so, you know, there's opportunity. You're going to have Trey Wisner coming in in the summer, and he's, uh, he's a football player too. I'm excited uh, to see what he's got. But it's, a, it's not, you know, there's, it's way too early to say that this is a permanent move. But, you know, I think it's, it's good on Savion Red for doing this because, like I said, he just wants to get on the field. And there's a little bit of similarity to the Roshan Johnson move from quarterback to running back. Roshan Johnson made that move uh, before his freshman season when there was a run of injuries in the running back room. And then Roshan Johnson ended up, you know, being a top 20 all-time rusher at Texas. And he's, you know, been invited to the combine as a running back and is probably going to make a whole bunch of money as a running back in the NFL because of all the things he can do. And, you know, Savion Red's the same kind of way. He's a special teams guy. He's, he's just a football player. And so let's, uh, I mean, the move just happened. So let's, let's give it a moment, but it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a a new storyline to watch as we uh, get closer to spring football the first week in March. You know, Chip, with Cedric Baxter coming in and being the highly, you know, talented five-star that he is, and, you know, you just mentioned Jonathan Brooks, and we didn't see any of Jalen Blue uh, in that Alamo Bowl game, and Keelan Robinson, I still don't know what he really is Yeah, He barely touches the ball, or what we saw this past season when Sark had Roshan and Bijan, but with Savion Red moving positions, do, do Horn fans have a right to be concerned or just like, okay, we really don't know where our running game is going to come from. Let's see if this guy could come in and just give us some type of production. Well, I think I was disappointed in the Alamo Bowl, you know, Jonathan Brooks not getting uh, more carries, but then obviously he has the hernia surgery after the bowl game. So you're like, oh, okay. Um, and I, and I think, I think Jonathan Brooks is going to be fine. We've got to wait and see because we know that, you know, hernia surgeries can be weird. Uh, ask Jordan Whittington. But, um, you know, I think on paper you look at Jonathan Brooks and say, okay, that, that he averaged six and a half a carry last season. I think Cedric Baxter, who's getting a lot of run right now in winter conditioning because, you know, they can practice now a little bit. Um, and in the off season and he's getting a lot of run and he looks good. So, you know, I think there's maybe, um, you know, cautious optimism that this running back room is going to be, um, you know, there's going to be a drop off obviously from Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, but maybe not as much of a drop off as, as you might expect when you're talking about two guys who are uh, both headed for the NFL. So, um, but it's a question mark. I mean, because until you see it, until they've done it, it, 
it, it remains to be seen. It remains a you know a little bit of a mystery, but um, I I like the mental makeup of these guys, and and so I think that running back room is going to be okay. I, I like the mental makeup of Savion Rhett. I mean, like I said, that guy's a football player, so um, he reminds me a little bit of you know Quan Cosby mm. from that just football physicality standpoint and you know Quan's an all-time great receiver but he he did it all too at Mart and and was just a football player I mean go go to YouTube and watch his block on Lendy Holmes back <laughs> when you could make <laughs> back, when, back when you could make that that, <laughs> that sort of uh yeah you know blindside block but um yeah I I think the running back room is going to be okay but it is it's a you know, it's a question mark until we see it. Talking with Chip Brown, Horns247.com. Chip, give me your thoughts on Warren Roberson out of Red Oak. He ultimately picks Texas, does it in a nice dramatic way. I love the purple jacket. Take it off. It's not TCU. It's going to be Texas. <laughs> um, so big flip there, too, making TCU fans mad uh, and, and joining the Longhorns. Uh, this is a talented guy uh, from, from everything I hear about him. Well, what, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, when you look at him and you look at Derek Williams, these are a couple of couple of dudes. You know, you they they fit all the categories, punch all the boxes in terms of physicality, and uh, they love contact. and And so now you just got to see how they process because it's it can take longer than you think. I mean, I always go back to Brandon Jones. Brandon Jones. Um, you know, was kind of a slow starter. And by God, when you got to his junior year, the guy was an all-conference player and he's in the NFL and he's a starter in the NFL. And um, it, it just, guys process at different, uh, you know, different levels. Dif- it, it goes fast for some and it goes slow for others. You look at a guy like Jalen Catalan who transferred in from Arkansas who was a monster his freshman year at Arkansas and then, you know, ran into some, um, shoulder injuries. But, um, man, if, if, um, if Roberson can process and, uh, and, and he's a guy who gets in his playbook and knows what he's looking for, then you get really excited because, um, you know, they've got BJ Allen, they've got, uh, Larry Turner, Gooden, um, you you know obviously you got Jaron Thompson returning, but you want you want that runway. You want airplanes on the runway ascending, and and that position has been a turnstile. I mean it's it's not been good. You know when you look at guys leaving the program like Xavier Alford and and uh, and Tyler Owens and you know my gosh Marcus Caldwell I could go on. JD coffee, but, um, you know, you just hope they process and get in and, and are able to, you know, make an impact, uh, within the first couple of years, because uh, I'll never forget Michael Griffin, his reaction when they were, you know, pulling guys from other positions to fill the safety role. He's like, what the hell's going on at Texas, man? (laughs) We, we should have, uh, we should have some badass safeties waiting for their opportunity. And, uh, and that's where Texas needs to be and looks like they're headed.
Chip, let's go to the hardwood. The Horns right now sitting on top of the Big 12. And that these last four games going 2-2, two and two, I think they beat the teams that they needed to beat in Kansas State and Baylor. But the Tennessee loss and the Kansas loss, you know, you definitely have to look at those. These next three games are huge because they're all mu- must-wins, in my opinion, if you're trying to get a number one seed, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Oklahoma. How do you think this Horns team is looking after that tough four-game stretch they just had? Yeah, and think about what you just said, Zay, that, um, you know, I agree with you. They need to win these games. These are the games you're supposed to win coming up and and in contention for a number one seed. And that's such a testament to these players and this coaching staff for uh, being able to maintain expectations despite Chris Beard leaving the program and, I thought that I thought that win at Kansas State was I agreed with Rodney Terry. I mean, he said this is one of the best wins I've been a part of in 30 years of coaching. And and I agree because K-State has some that's a problematic matchup for Texas. They've got you know really good length. They've got uh, a stud point guard in Marquise Noel. They got a monster uh you know small forward in Keontae Johnson and you go down by double digits at K-State, and our man shot fake Sir Jabari Rice with <laughs> that. You know, he got him again on that three-point shot right at the buzzer. Um, going into halftime, he makes all three free throws, cuts a 14-point deficit to 11, and then they you know, they keep coming. And, and you saw Tyrese Hunter really play well in that second half, unfortunately. Uh, it didn't carry over for Hunter into that Kansas game. But and that's 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 a nagging concern. We've talked about how his numbers kind of fell off a cliff when Beard left the program, and it's been a struggle um, for him to kind of gain the comfort level. I mean, he's trying to do right by Marcus Carr. He's you know he's getting the ball out of his hands and trying to be a facilitator. Um, but it's you know that balancing act can still come together uh, as as you head toward March, but. Man, this team, they play for each other. And, um, you know, they got a – Christian Bishop was unbelievable in the second half of that Kansas State game. And, you know, they, they need him to continue to play at that level. That's a lot to ask, but that, that's what they're going uh, to need to get to, you know, get deep in, in March and, and, you know, give Rodney Terry a, a serious chance to be considered for that head coaching job. Big game's coming for the Longhorns. Remember, it's an 11 a.m. tip for Texas and West Virginia at the Moody Center. So uh, kegs and eggs, breakfast tacos for you on <laughs> uh, on Saturday if you're getting out there. Uh, Chip, before we let you go, let's get your thoughts on the Super Bowl. Obviously, the history of these two quarterbacks. Uh, first time two black quarterbacks have faced off in the Super Bowl. They both went to high school in the state of Texas. So uh, we in the state of Texas get to claim that. Uh, they both seem to be obviously great guys, good quarterbacks. Do you think Patrick gets number Number two, or do you think Jalen Hurts is going to get his first Super Bowl? Man, it uh, if if Mahomes can pull this off, then you know you got to put him in there with the the all time greats because they're they're down a little bit, you know, with injuries at the receiver position. He's still coming through that ankle, um, and Jalen Hurts is such 
the guy's a winner, you know, and he'll, he'll do whatever it takes. He'll run, he'll throw, he'll do whatever it takes. Uh, and it's cool that both of these quarterbacks played in the, in the big 12. There used to be a, a stigma on big 12 quarterbacks for the most part, because they were air raid and, you know, it didn't translate to the NFL and now here we are. But, um, you know, I just I think this is going to come down to a last play situation. I mean, I think it's going to be as close as what Vegas uh, thinks it's going to be. And I like Philly's ability to run the ball better than KC, and that's why I say if, if Mahomes pulls this off, he's probably done it with his arm, which he's done time and time again. But against that, you know, Philly defense, that's a lot to ask. So, um, you know, my gut is Philadelphia because they can run it um, or should be able to run it. And, and if, if Kansas City pulls it off, man, um, Patrick Mahomes probably had a whole heck of a lot to do with it. Yeah, no kidding. I think I'm going to be saying the same thing to everybody who we ask for picks this week. As a Cowboys fan, I'm going to keep saying, I hope you're wrong, but I think you're right, because that's exactly <laughs> where I'm leaning. Chip, I, you know me. I believe in the blood and guts of football, and I do think the Eagles are better blocking and tackling. I think they're going to win it, uh, and I'm hoping I'm wrong, because I think they're going to win it by a decent amount, too. Um, but I'm just hoping to maybe send some some negative uh, energy towards the Chiefs. Maybe they can use it, but I agree with you. I think that the Eagles are a better team on Sunday. We shall see. That is Chip Brown. Check out Horns247.com. Check out the flagship podcast, which he is a part of. Check out that Morning Brew article at Chip Brown 247 on Twitter. I'll give you a little information coming up about that Longhorn Blitz podcast as well. Chip, we appreciate the time, man. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Good Thanks, stuff, Jeff. and good stuff on the Longhorns there, the Savion Red news. Uh, of course, this is the time of year where a move like that can sound really good to fans, but I like the argument, Zay, if they call it right, scheme it right, use the ideas. I just don't want Savion Red to be the next guy on a long, depressing list from the University of Texas in the last, I don't know, 15 years or 20 years or so, where Longhorn fans go to bed thinking, oh, if they had just given him the ball more. Oh, if they had just figured out a way to scheme him a little bit more. Maybe Savion Red can be that guy. Maybe this is the the place he needs to be. Yeah, and Chip's 100% right. We just don't know yet. All these guys are unproven. Yeah. All of them. And what Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson brought to the table, just, I know we're just becoming repetitive, but you, you, you can't get that back. Yeah. So just getting a third of that, including a really good passing game, like you have to have improvement on the passing game. You just that's a must. With we us not knowing what this running game could be, the passing game with all the weapons that you have there, the addition to A D Mitchell and Xavier Worthy in another year. Jordan Winnington's back. We heard Justin Wells talk about John Tay Cook, like talk, he gonna play. All those guys, it has to be good because we just don't know how this running game is going to be, Chad. Yeah, and I keep asking this question. I'm going to keep asking it until we get to the season and into it. If if you couldn't trust the play calling when he knew – if you couldn't trust the running back play calling when he knew its name, how can you trust it for sure when he doesn't know what its name is? Yeah, that's why Quinn Ewers has to be good. Yeah, Absolutely.
Absolutely. Because that, like it or not, that is Sark's dream right now that he's presented us. His dream is beating people with a quarterback and receivers, not beating people with running backs. I know that's tough for Texas fans to hear because it's ingrained in their DNA, and they poured two statues over there for those guys. Cross your fingers. We're going to talk to one of those guys tomorrow from Radio Row, Mr. Campbell. But I think Sark wants to do it a different way. Yeah, and that goes to... He has bad feel for the game at times. At times he does. He just yeah. has bad feel for the game. Like, you got to know, oh, TCU, I get it. Their defense was good this year. But number five, having 12 carries can never happen. Should never happen. Yeah, they had them. But happened. They had the chance. They had the chance. And that one was at home, correct? Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah it was at home. That wasn't It was at home, 17-10, yeah. Yeah, that was a rough one. That was a rough the one. The only uh, touchdown came from John A. Barron on that scoop. Fumble score. Oh, that's right. That's it. No offensive points. Game day was in town. All that. Zero offensive points. Zero offensive points. That's not good. That is a hard way to win a game. Uh, All right. If you have thoughts on the Super Bowl, Longhorn football, or anything else, let us know on the Specs text line, 337-3776. Up next, why today matters, why there's a Longhorn in the dunk contest. We'll get Zay's thoughts on that, plus a couple other birthdays to hit. One of my favorites of all time would have had a birthday today. We'll get some of your thoughts on it. We've had great interaction on the Specs text line today. We will continue that. we got somebody with a flex shout-out next of a... A, uh, girls basketball team that made the playoffs for the first time in a while. I'll tell you about them coming up as well. Stay with us. This is the Horn. One time for the house, baby. That's all we need, baby. It's one for the house. Oh, oh, come on. Pimp juice. Ooh. Ooh. I think I need to let her loose. You might think I need to let her loose. Let her loose. Let her loose. She only want me for my pimp juice. All right, Zay, do I have any shot here? Uh, we'll see when the guy gets into the lyric. Okay. Is it called Pimp Juice? Yes. Okay. Shout out to somebody on the Specs text line for the request. I've been taking requests lately. Okay. On Twitter, Look ain't at that you. underscore Zay. Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Look at you going straight DJ on the people. Taking requests. If it's good, I'll take it. Is it a group or an individual? Individual. Individual. I'll give you a hint. He's a fake Austin Knight. He's a fake Austinite. Ooh, the only guy I've heard you describe that way is Nelly. Correct. All right. There we go. See, I was paying attention. Hey, Nelly was a part of the big montage with his uh, with the Band-Aid under the eye. Oh, he had the Band-Aid under the eye? He did. He went old school. That's kind of like LeBron wearing the headband last <laughs> night. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. Yes. He decided to let us take it all the way back. All the way back. All right. So, uh, Nelly with Pimp Juice. You're saying this was performed at the... Post game, this, this definitely wasn't performed. Not pimp juice. No, no. Oh, because what you 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 t like curtailed that? Yeah, he's no. talking about pimping. You can't have that on the forty. Look, just because it's a free concert after a football game, that doesn't mean you can't get nasty with it, does it? Is that, oh, a little bit. We can't be editing concerts. Yeah, that's not my kind of concert, by the way. Because that wouldn't be considered one of Nelly's hit hits. But do you think it's one he might want to do live? Oh yeah, have he, some fun with. Yeah, yeah. 
He should be able to play it. Yeah. He should be able to play it. We got to, in fact, they ought to market certain things that way. If they have a lesser football game where they don't know, and then maybe the artist isn't the biggest artist they've been able to, oh, we tried to get this person, but we couldn't. Sell a couple of them as unedited. Just sell a couple of them as, you know, anything could happen. Even if you're talking about pimping. Yeah. He can (laughs) talk about anything. Come on, dude. It's, we're talking about music here. We're talking about pushing prostitutes out and taking some of their money back and shuffling it around. It's a song. Pimping. It's a song. <laughs> it's a song, and it would bring back memories for people of their pimping days. You know, just <laughs> 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 take a take a trip back to memory lane. Come on. All right, uh, that would be Nelly joining Cool in the Gang, except Queen and SRV today. A nice group from Zay. Plus that great Easy E beat to start the hour. We hope you're having a good Wednesday. There's a lot of stuff on the board today. LeBron getting Kareem's record, and where's that number going to end up? Savion Red headed to the running back room for Texas, and uh, we've also been talking Super Bowl 57. I'm picking the Eagles. Justin Wells picked the Eagles. Chip Brown picked the Eagles. And Zay's going to make his pick on Friday. Boy, I hope it keeps up like this. I hope we get to the end of the week and it's all green and everybody's taking Philly and Mahomes and Kelsey and Chris Jones and Andy Reid just get pissed beyond pissed and then they react. That's what I'm hoping, Zay. Yeah, our boy Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus, came on with us yesterday. He took the Chiefs. He did. You're right. You're right. He liked Kansas City. And uh, it is going to be a really intriguing matchup to see where uh, where this game goes. Let us know if you have thoughts on it. Uh, we've gotten great reaction on the Specs text line this week. 337-3776. We'll get back to some uh, talk on that game, plus uh, a little note from the NFL here uh, before we're done. But I did want to get Zay's thoughts on this particular story. Let's go Why Today Matters on February the 8th. Here we go. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. All right, Zay, so we'll get to an NFL note here. Uh, might be a good piece of news for an NFC team, but I need you to help me with this dunk contest update. I'm reading that Jericho Sims, actually you told me Jericho Sims, and then I read the story, S- Jericho Sims, former Longhorn, of course, is going to be in the dunk contest. I'll admit, coming from the era I do and watching the dunk contest I have, I get nervous when there's a center in the dunk contest. Tell me why Jericho Sims in the dunk contest might make sense. 45-inch vertical, 6-foot-10. Okay. That's, so, that's what I mean. He's freaky enough for you that he'll, he could be good in a dunk contest. Yes. Okay. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do like all those between the legs, behind the back, somersault type of things, but he's going to show his bounce. And if he could get creative with that, you know, we saw uh, Gerald Green blow the candle out that one year. Like yeah. just little things like that. If you could put just tiny props and put that into your, you know, your strategy, you could do well, but he doesn't have to worry about Shaden Sharp, who I've had pick to win it before he just withdrew. Oh, no. Yeah. He, oh, is that why Sims is in? I think so. Okay. They needed an alternate. Uh, right. So, I'm, I'm excited. I Any, mean... Anybody else jump out to you? Like, do you have a clear favorite at this point now, if your favorite just got taken out? Or just um, ducked out? Not really. You know, it's not the big names. I'm trying to see who is who else is on the list. Yeah, see, that's what I always... That's what I wonder. I, I'm just... 
They don't they don't seem to have big enough names to get us there every year. I'll watch the dunk contest every year, but they just don't seem to have a lot of names to get everybody pumped anymore. Right. That's the sadness of it. We've talked about this. John Morant should be in a dunk contest. Why he's not is a total mystery to me. And how the NBA hasn't figured this out. They've adjusted that All-Star game so many ways. We're going to go to team team this versus team that. Oh, that's cool. This year we're going to pick teams right before the tip. I like that. But somebody hasn't figured out yet. Hey, fellas, whoever wins the dunk contest gets a bag of money. Or this car. Or a house. or f- f- Figure it out. How about this? It's modern NBA. The winner of the dunk contest gets five free DNPs in the second half of the season. Oh, man. Use them however you want. Come on, man. Can we please incentivize this event to get me some good freaky dunkers out there that I know? Yeah, Jericho Sims, he'll be the only one you'll really be rooting for. Man. K.J. Martin, the son of Kenyon Martin. Oh, I'm old. Okay. Yeah, yeah make you feel old That there. does make yeah, me feel He old. plays for Houston. He has bounce. He has a good chance. Trey Murphy out of New Orleans. And then Max McClung, who played for Chris Beard at Texas Tech. Oh, dear Who Lord. became a huge. He's in the dunk contest? He was a huge household name. Big social media viral guy when he was in high school. I get it, but he ain't even on like an NBA roster. Like it says Delaware Blue Coats. He's oh. a G League guy. Zay. But he was such a big thing. When do? he went viral, what are we doing in high school? <laughs> nobody wants to do it. Oh, that we're putting Max McClung in. Somebody call Mike and Dominique and tell them I'm sorry. <laughs> tell them we're all sorry. Call Larry Nance. Trivia question: First dunk winner is Larry Nance. Call them all up. Call up Spud. Spud. You know what? Don't call Spud because this is Spud. ultimately his fault. I mean, really, it is. I love you, Spud. What? I love you, Spud Webb. But I think maybe that was. It. Is that when it first broke down? When everybody lost their mind that a 5'7 guy could actually dunk, so we let him win the dunk contest because he hit basic dunks. What do you mean let him win? He threw it to himself. Oh, come on. One hand? Dominic won that dunk contest. In 1986. Dominic. That's insane. Dominic took it. That was a reunion, I think, People in, were in thinking Dallas. Spud Webb was Jesus Christ Yeah. for dunking like that back then. Yeah. It was. I, I get it. With seeing Nate Robinson and what he's done now, it's not as impressive. Right. But back then, Dude, though, Nate had multiple, didn't he? Did oh, he win Nate, two or three? Nate was jumping over people. And Nate, yeah. Nate was doing cartwheels in the dunks. Nate, Nate was, has bounced. Nate was a little different level, too. Nate took the creativity to another level, uh, I thought. But, yeah, we just we need some names. Dwight Howard, is he the last guy? The last name that did it was Blake Griffin jumping over that car. I think that was the last guy that we really knew in the dunk contest. Yeah, big name. Somebody asked, why aren't they in it anymore? They just want to chill yes. on Saturday night. Like, you know. Most of them are already in the All-Star game. They got so it. they have to play in that the next night. So a lot of guys, like you won't even see LeBron in the arena because a lot of guys, I heard Jimmy Butler say they asked, like, are you sad about being in the All-Star game? And he was like, oh, boo-hoo, not making the All-Star team. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy my vacation. A lot of guys want that. Right. A lot yep. of guys, like with 50 games in the season, they kind of just want to get away and not think about basketball. So – the big name guys like that that already have the bright lights on them and you know just the publicity already they don't want to be in the dunk contest yeah. and you know they don't want to be embarrassed either. Yeah, brother. All right, fair enough. You'll see a lot more in the three point contest than you would the dunk contest. 
Yeah, that's actually been good these last few years. You get some guys. You'll get a. You'll get a Clay Steph. Yeah, that's the headliner. Those guys are. Yeah, they. And by the way, they should put that last now. Yeah, I think they should officially admit it. Start the night with the dunk contest and make sure people get in their seats. End it with the three point. Especially with the new way they're doing the three point contest, they're adding like the deep ball for the money ball. Yeah, I dig that. My old man math does not like that, but I get what you're saying. And because they're, you're right because they're doing that and sprucing it up a little bit, it should go last. They should end with that. All right. Uh, also today, uh, for you Star Wars freaks, it's John Williams' birthday. My man is 91 and still one of the best composers that ever lived. Uh, if you are a fan of uh, comedy and swearing, this trivia question has a birthday today. Who is the first comedian to swear on HBO? Who's the first comedian to have a special and stand on a stage and swear on home box office? You know what Ooh. Like late 70s, mid oh, to late 70s. Yeah, I had no. Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor's a great guess. Oh, Carlin would be a good guess. Those are the first two people we're going to think of. It's Robert Klein. He's 81 years old today, and the actor, comedian, does all kinds of different things. He did a special, and it was the first time anybody had heard someone swear on their television, like doing comedy. It freaked everybody out, and then we got all the great specials after. So salute to Robert Klein. Also, Zay, salute to my favorite child. Uh, actor of all time. All time in his prime. I don't think anything's better than Gary Coleman. He would have been 55 today. I was a different strokes freak. I was the right age for that show. And I think him as Arnold in the early seasons, first two to three seasons, is about as perfect as a kid actor gets. Yeah, still, Chad, to this day, nothing might not be as funny as Brandon Lang calling Todd Bowles. <laughs> Gary Coleman. Up Gary Coleman. Up Gary Coleman. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I remember watching reruns of different strokes growing up and stuff. And it's a great show. And yeah, Gary, R.I.P. He was he was special. Yeah, it's hard to I mean it's weird to think about it, but like he would every he would control the entire show and the entire scene. And I think when that show started, he was like eight. Yeah. I mean it was, it, the show was not nothing without him. The show was Half of what it was without him. So why couldn't Gary get work after that ended? There's a lot of weird stuff with Gary because I mean he the, the the physical limitations he had and the medical stuff he was dealing with anyway. Yeah. He, dude, he was going through kidney dialysis on set. On set, he was dealing he with was all that, that. Young? Yes. Oh wow. He had I like a, some kind of kidney function issue where he was he would go through dialysis between takes and stuff. That little kid was so tough back then, and then got on screen and was magic. Yeah. And then, so I think that might have been a little bit of part of it. And then it just, I think it was a lot of typecasting with him. Like how, how, do, how do you take that cute little kid and then he grows up and you get into the awkward phase and you're trying to figure out how he fits into whatever. Yeah, because I haven't seen the little dude in Game of Thrones in anything else. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't see oh. Mini-Me and much else other than uh, being Dr. Phil's little sidekick. It's fair. Totally fair. Yeah, sometimes it's tough. It's tough. It's tough, tough to find that next role. All right, coming up, we'll get you stems and seeds, the latest on Derek Carr and where he could end up. Plus, uh, we get you set for tonight. Remember, Texas women's basketball for you. Special edition on the horn tonight, 645 pregame, 7 o'clock tip. It's going to be right here for you on the horn. Threesomes with a triceratops 
reptile, rapping as I'm mocking deaf rock stars, wearing synthetic wigs made of anwars, dreadlocks, bedrock, harder than them. Oh, I like it. Got some evil in this one. This one's got a nice little, uh, like some nice claws to it, Zay. Yeah. Do I have any chance here? No. I do not recognize that voice, but I like it. You're about to educate me on something. Who is it? Tyler, the creator. Ooh, okay. Yeah, this was a song that made him really famous. Probably about 12 years ago, he had this group called Odd Future. He's around my age. Okay. It was probably the closest thing to Wu-Tang that you were going to get to. All right. And Tyler, the creator. Yeah, and he made his beats in this album, Goblin. This song's called Yonkers, by the way. This album, Goblin, like you said, it has that evil feel. Yeah. Throughout the album, he's like talking to this like devilish him, like an evil version of him. And he does it for three albums. He has three straight albums where he's like talking to this evil version of him. What, is he like an alter ego on the album? Kinda. I like it. But it's very creative. He's a genius. And yeah, he's very respected in the rap. I like it. Concept records. Now, can I at least... And then if I go listen to this stuff, I'm assuming when I get there, there will be some dirtiness going on. Oh, yeah. A lot of good foul language. Listen to this. In this video, Yonkers, uh-huh. he eats like a cockroach <laughs> and then like yaks in the video. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I think I know like, what like, like he's playing with the cockroach like somebody would play with a snake. Oh, my God. And then he like eats it at the end of the verse. It's insane. It, it had 2011 going crazy. All right. Some Alice Cooper action and yeah. rap. I like it. Yeah. Tyler, the creator, finishing us off today. Nelly, cool in the gang, except Queen SRV. Find you some music you love. The Easy e beat started the hour. Grammys were last Sunday, uh, and there's all kinds of musical stuff uh, going on out there, I'm sure. So go find yourself some. Thanks to Zay, as always, for the great music. We love talking music around here. Uh, also love talking football, and we will get back to that in a second. Real quick shout-out to Jake over at SLP Lawn Care. I know a lot of people are dealing with the tree trimming issues. Jake is a guy uh, that has uh, been a, a partner with the station in the past, and he's been a friend of ours for a while uh, here at the station. And uh, you've heard some of the other guys maybe mention him as well. So, Jake, SLP, it's SLP Lawn Care. That stands for Student Loan Payment Lawn Care. Uh, and he does have discounts for veterans if you want to give them a try. They uh, were helping me out, out at the house today. All right, let's get you some stems and seeds here. Some NFL notes, including a story I just saw. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678 or avconsultations.com. Derek Carr gets permission, excuse me, the Raiders give permission to the Saints to talk to Derek Carr. They're trying to trade him or move him before February 15th or it triggers that big money day. They're trying to clear up some salary cap. If they can get a trade together, they will get draft picks the other way. Zay, for New Orleans, you like this idea? Try Derek Carr? I mean, I'd rather have Derek Carr than Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston. So, yeah. Ding and ding. I agree with both of those ideas. They've been in a weird little quagmire since the end of the Peyton time. His weird ideas with what he wanted to do with Taysom Hill put him in the ground a little bit. That kind of it stopped it. And then thinking Jameis was still a, a badass quarterback that messed with him too. 
Yeah, Jameis going through that whole year of sitting on the bench and watching Drew Brees. He was still doing the same quirky warm-ups and drills that Jameis Winston's always done. So, yeah, move on. And if you could get Derek Carr, that'd be a good pickup. Yeah, he never really – I don't know that Jameis really got the fair shake, but it feels like they don't want to give it to him. So if you're not going to give it to him, maybe it is Derek Carr. Uh, the other story here, Zay, I just saw the Michael Irvin story. So correct me if I'm wrong. <sighs> Something happened at a hotel in Glendale between him and a woman, an encounter with him and a woman and because of it they took him off nfl network for the for this weekend yeah this is a guy that has a lot of luggage we all know that and you know it seemed like what he was doing for the nfl network and espn was steady and he seemed you know he does a good job there yeah but, no, he'll get a little fired up on screen you know him. on camera but that's my that, that's playmaker yeah yeah, yeah. I, uh, it's disappointing to hear. I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan. I dig Michael Irvin, and I certainly believe in you know uh, redemption and forgiveness and all that stuff. But uh, he's claiming this. Uh, he's talked about it. He says it was a 45 second conversation, but he has also admitted. Uh, he says they shook hands at the end of it. I left. That's all I know. But he also did tell 105.3 The Fan he'd had a few drinks. And he did not remember the interaction with the woman. Wait, he went on the fan? Yes. After he got what, kind of can, or I guess he's on leave right now? He went on the radio this morning, apparently, to, to try to explain himself. The Glendale police say they do not know uh, anything about an incident that involves Michael Irvin. Wow. So nothing was officially reported, but NFL Network is going to take him off of all the Super Bowl oh, stuff. Oh, man. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's wild. Uh, all right, there's a story to keep your eye on. Ball Don't Lie is next with Rod and Harge. 6.45 pregame for Texas women's basketball. Then after it's all done, Longhorn Blitz podcast around 9, fight night at 10, sports guys talking wrestling at 11. So we'll still get you that Wednesday lineup, but we also wanted to bring the women's game to you after all the craziness messing with our broadcasts and some of our signals. Texas and Texas Tech, a great game on the women's side coming tonight. Be good. We'll be back tomorrow. 12-15, Earl Campbell and Tony Dorsett. Cross your fingers. See